Change the way you look at things and the things you look at change. Wayne Dyer. Not long ago, many viewed marijuana as a threat to society. Today, this versatile plant is a treasured resource. She used to deliver babies, but now she delivers exceptional wellness for women. Welcome to her Brilliant Health Radio, where holistic women's health expert and board-certified OBGYN Dr. Kieran Dunstan shares revolutionary insight from leading experts on what you need to know today to treat the root cause of disease, heal, and create the radiant health you've been searching for. Lean in and get ready to experience the bountiful, blissful, and beautiful vitality that you deserve. Hey, it's Dr. Kieran. Welcome back to another episode of Her Brilliant Health Revolution. I'm so grateful that you're choosing to spend this time with me and with my special guest today. Today, I am talking with Dr. Mary Clifton, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about her in a minute. But first, I want to give you a little intro into what we're going to be talking about. But I found so many quotes I came across in preparing for this episode that really relate to this incredible phenomenon that we've undergone in our society when it comes to cannabis and cannabis derivatives that we use for our health. Because you know, let's face it, as I was growing up, marijuana is illegal. There are to this day people in prison for marijuana, illegal marijuana possession, while it's being prescribed by physicians to treat health conditions, which is a whole other topic that gets into politics that I don't really want to touch on today. But I think it's just amazing what dramatic shifts we have made in our culture when it comes to this one plant-based medicine and how many people didn't have access to its healing properties for decades, really because of political beliefs and political activities. It's pretty dramatic how that door has just open and these products have proliferated and they are everywhere. Last time I was in California, I think on every corner there was a marijuana doctor and with an advertisement in the street saying, come in and get your prescription. And that was pretty dramatic from when I had been there before. And CBD is everywhere, right? It's being sold at the drugstore. It's at your hairdresser. It's at your gym. Everywhere I go, everyone's selling CBD. So we're going to talk about these things. But I came across some wonderful quotes. I love a good quote. Don't you love a good quote? And they really spoke to this. And Socrates said, it is better to change an opinion than to persist in a wrong one. I love that because we gave ourselves permission as a society to change our minds and say we were wrong. And oh, there are healing benefits in many, many areas. There's lots of scientific studies that have been done, and Dr. Mary's going to get us up to speed on that. And I love Wayne Dyer. He's one of my favorites. I don't know about you, but he always said, change the way you look at things, and the things you look at change. And it's so true when it comes to cannabis, because we looked at it as an evil recreational product 
And then we changed the way we looked at it and we looked at it as the healing plant that it is. And then it changed into something not illegal and beneficial. So I think it's important to really recognize how we have done a 180 degree change of direction with this in the medical community and in the greater community. And how can this apply to your life? So this would be a bigger question. So I think that things always happen for a reason. And so in your life, could you change your opinion about that? Maybe you've been wrong about that you thought was bad or for harm that actually has some benefit or could be beneficial. What could you change that you're looking at and deeming negative that if you change the way you view it could actually be positive? So I love to take situations and reality quotes and really looking at other places that they apply. And if you've been listening to me, you know that when I talk about health, I talk about the intangibles, right? Thoughts, feelings, beliefs, and your connection to something greater than yourself. And one of the things I have talked about is doing an exercise where you detoxify not only your body, which we talk about lots with loving your liver and cleaning it up, but you've got to detoxify your thoughts, feelings, and beliefs. And one of the things I say is if you can't get rid of a person, place, or situation, or thoughts that are negative, could you change the way you look at them so that the things you are looking at could change so that they're not toxic to you? not stressful, not activating your cortisol. So that's going to be a greater lesson from today's episode that I want you to take home and start working on. But before we get to that, we are going to talk with Dr. Mary Clifton. I'm going to tell you more about her. I love her. You are going to love her. She is a font of information. And she has a wonderful website she's going to tell you about where you can get all your questions answered beyond the podcast about cannabis and cannabis-related products. So let me tell you a little bit more about Dr. Mary Clifton. Mary Clifton, MD, also known as Dr. Mary Jane, is a recognized expert in CBD and cannabis. She is the best-selling author of The Grass is Greener, Medical Marijuana, THC, and CBD Oil, Reversing Chronic Pain, Inflammation, and Disease, and Get Wasted, as well as five companion cookbooks, including Infused, Cooking with Medical Marijuana and CBD Oil, a compendium of delicious and nutritious CBD and cannabis recipes. Dr. Mary hosts a podcast called Dr. Mary's The 411 on 420, real info on CBD medical cannabis, available on iTunes. Dr. Clifton is the founder of CBDandCannabisInfo.com and the Cannabinoid Protocol, a highly respected professional certification course. She provides specialized consultation and education on cannabinoids for patients and physicians, and she's worked in product development and scientific directorship in the U.S., Europe, Asia, and Africa. 
Welcome, Dr. Mary. Oh, well, thank you for having me. So great to have you. So many questions. I always try to come with beginner's mind when I interview a guest. And so I'm always thinking, if I were listening to this podcast, what would I want to know? And the first thing I would, would ask you is, you see CBD everywhere. We'll start with that. I mean, it's for sale in the gas station. Everywhere. <laughs> Everywhere. It's in gummy bears. It's at the supermarket. I mean, it's everywhere. So why is there so much fuss about CBD and why is it everywhere? Well, CBD is such an exciting new molecule for us to learn about. I mean, I think, Karen, you've been in medicine. You know, you didn't just graduate from medical school. Neither did I. I've been at this for 25 years and we don't really get a lot of great new innovative things that happen in a lifetime. So it's exciting when something new and innovative presents itself. And we just learned about the endocannabinoid system, you know, just in the 1980s about when HIV patients and AIDS patients and cancer patients all came together and asked us as doctors and scientists to figure it out because they said, you know, we're getting benefits from this medical cannabis and and we want to keep using our products. And then scientists started to try to pull it apart and figure out what's happening. So that led to the discovery of the endocannabinoid system and the CB1 and CB2 receptors And now we've been able to learn more and gather more data on a system that was really designed to make our lives easier, to help reduce stress and control pain and help promote a general feeling of well-being. So can you help everybody understand what the endocannabinoid system is and what, and you talked a little bit about what it does for us and why we didn't know about this before and what does knowing this mean for us? Well, the endocannabinoid system was discovered in the 80s and it's a, it's receptors that are actually present in every every organ in your body. Mm -hmm. Your body already uses the uh, CB1 and CB2 receptors and the naturally occurring endocannabinoids. Your body naturally from your fatty acids makes endocannabinoids, the 5-AG and uh, anandamide. Sorry, it's 2-AG and anandamide. I don't know why I always say 5 there, but I do. But in any case, the anandamide is the the more prominent one that your body makes. And in your body dials up these receptors and the uh, endocannabinoid production in a similar way that your body manages your overall stress responses with steroids, with your adrenal cortical axis, or by changing the thyroid level, the hormone of your thyroid, that also impacts multiple organ systems. So your listeners already know about the far-reaching effects of having your thyroid thrown off or having your cortisol thrown off. It's very similar with the endocannabinoid system. We know from studies that if you take a biopsy of a inflamed colon and test it for CB receptors, you'll find that the body has upregulated the number of CB receptors there. Or if you draw fluid off of a swollen knee, you'll find higher levels of anandamide in that fluid. The body is already using the endocannabinoid system to try to reduce 
inflammation and control stress. What causes that upregulation in the body? Well, I think it's the body's just natural responses to stress and inflammation. You know, it, it sends macrophages to areas, you know, infection fighting cells to areas where you have a cut or an injury so that your body can clean up that injury and heal. And at the same time that it's uh, directing all of those other things to an area that's healing, it's also directing these CB receptors so that the inflammation stays under control and so that the pain is modulated because you're dealing with pain modulation at the site of an injury, but also pain upregulates going up the spinal cord. And as it transmits, of course, over the cortex, that's where you get benefits from seizure medications, you know, to try to, in settings of chronic pain, to try to reduce that cortical transmission of the pain. And then similarly on that descending pathway down the spinal cord, there's so many places where these CB receptors are helping one nerve talk to another nerve in a healthier, happier way. And so with cortisol, we talk a lot on the podcast about how you can do stress management techniques to help balance your cortisol. Are there any ways that people can, without using an external substance, affect their endocannabinoid system? Oh, absolutely. The endocannabinoid system responds really beautifully to all of the other things, you know, that you do to keep yourself very healthy. I always <laughs> joke about how the Alzheimer's diet is the same as the prostate cancer prevention diet. And that diet's the same as the breast cancer prevention diet <laughs> and, and the multiple sclerosis heal yourself diet. It's all really focusing on eating great foods and getting plenty of movement, focusing on your relationships with your loved ones and getting super great restorative sleep. All of those things are wonderful for the endocannabinoid system. But you can also stimulate it with things like limonene from lemons or pinene from pine tree bark or extracted from pine or basil or from beta-caryophyllin. Some extracts of black pepper are very effective on balancing the ECS. And so, you know, anytime you're, I mean, my, I, I shot a video about stabilizing the ECS without actually taking cannabinoids. And my daughter said, so you want me to make a pesto, <laughs> which was just Perfect. Yeah, because you want the butter and some basil and some lemon and all of those things working synergistically to help make the uh, system really hum. Wonderful. And, and I guess that speaks even more to the essential oils, which I'm a big fan of because you can get the effects right away just by inhaling. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I was just working with uh, Eric Zielinski with his essential oil community to talk to them about CBD and cannabis and, uh, and how these products all fit together and you're 100% right about that when you're looking for the various, these various products. They're so great at stabilizing so many body systems. I love essential oils too. Yeah, so I guess they're everywhere because they are so new and, and we really haven't had a huge advance in terms of a, a plant that has such varied uses and has such profound impact on so many diseases, disorders. So let's talk about 
What can you use it for? What has it been scientifically proven to benefit? Oh, well, CBD and other cannabinoid formulations have been researched extensively in areas of seizure, managing seizure in kids with out-of-control seizure disorders, and also in chronic pain and anxiety and sleep. There's smaller studies, but valuable studies, I think, in autism. There's a little bit of work done in attention deficit. Of course, cancer, multiple sclerosis, those are probably, and there's quite a bit of work in Parkinson's. And then in managing symptoms around death and dying from HIV, which is not as much of a problem anymore with all of our therapies, but death and dying with cancer or with amyotropic lateral sclerosis, you know, Lou Gehrig's disease. I think it's fascinating that one of the side effects of cannabinoid formulations can be a dry mouth. And I was just shooting a bunch of videos on various strains and pointing out that uh, you know some strains cause a very profound dry mouth, which is wonderful in the setting of people who are dealing with Lou Gehrig's disease or with other problems where they're not where their swallow is affected and they're not getting they're not managing their secretions very well anymore. We don't drying the mouth is a little tricky. It's not easy to do, but these products help to relieve pain and anxiety and have this lovely side effect of drying the mouth in some of these cases. So there's some really remarkable ways that they can work to help people feel better. And I guess we should even back up and say that there's the use of medical marijuana and there's THC and there's CBD. And so there there are these different components. So can you help everybody understand what the different components are that people are using and what the differences might be? The great thing about CBD, and I think the reason it has gained popularity so quickly. I always joke around that CBD is like the sister that likes to stay at home and read. And then THC is the party girl. So if you're taking CBD, you get all of the benefits of you of chew, or many of the benefits of a medical cannabis product, but you don't get high and you don't get the THC exposure to where you're going to flip a drug test. You know, mm-hmm. you just get the CBD, which has been linked with a lot of very powerful medicinal cures or treatments. And then the THC is the product that gets you high, that gives you that psychoactive effect. And the THC is available in various concentration with different medical cannabinoid strains. In states where it's legal? In states where it's legal, yes, ma'am. I mean, you can certainly get it from secondary markets in states where it's illegal, but we're not promoting illegal activity on your podcast today. No, (laughs) no, we are not. (laughs) We are most definitely not. But you've got about half the states in the country now allowing medical cannabis and uh, and many of the other states with a compassionate use opportunity so that if you fill out a mountain of paperwork and you're very carefully monitored, you can get it for compassionate use. And do you think that it's coming soon that the political winds will change and it will be legal in all states pretty soon? Oh, I hope so. I think within this decade, certainly, you know, I don't think in the next several months, but I'm hoping within this decade, we'll be able to get things corrected. There's a lot of money and a lot of 
work, you know, in order to get that to happen. I mean, there's a lot of things tied up in that. The next question then is what do you do with all the people that are sitting in prison because they had a slightly, slightly too much cannabis on them when they were within a half a mile of a school or, you know, situations like these circumstances that have landed people with very long jail sentences and not just here, but all over the country. You know, I was in Kenya with Virgin Unite this fall and we went to a Kenyan prison where you can get anywhere from two years to 99 years for uh, cannabis and it's up to the judge. So it's very much you're at the mercy of whatever the uh, judicial community wants to do with you. These prohibitions have ruined so many lives and financially enhanced other lives. The people that are running the prisons are, are certainly benefiting from an ongoing prohibition. So there's a lot of different forces at play here, and uh, we just really need to do the right thing and quickly. Yes, and I, I know that you've been all over the world. Is it changing worldwide also opinions? They're legalizing it. Is that changing as much as it is in the U.S.? Oh, I think so, yeah. I did some work this summer in uh, Prague and also did some work, I think it was in Vienna, that I that we, had, we held some events. And yeah, I mean, and when I have a conversation here in the, in the U.S. with a patient who, who schedules a CBD consultation, I, you know, it's amazing that I'm talking to people who are 50, 60, 70, 80 years old. Just I mean, they're, they're so wonderful and innovative. It's uh, such a wonderful population of people. But the conversation very readily flips from CBD into medical cannabinoids when, you know, when we're talking about the extent of people's suffering. A lot of times it's easy to move that conversation into medical cannabinoids rather than sticking with the CBD. But I thought when I first got into this that I would have a lot of work identifying the exactly right product for the exactly right condition. But in a lot of cases, starting with CBD is such a great start and monitoring it, seeing how you respond as you increase the administrative amount. And then if that doesn't work, pursuing the medical cannabinoids. And then there can be some interesting nuances in the amount of THC versus CBD or in some products that can release a lot of anxiety and paranoia in certain patients. So it's important to have a good understanding of the various strains that are commonly available if you're working in this space. But for a lot of people, CBD does the trick and they can stop right there and take back their own health and manage their own health. Yeah, I've noticed though, there's a lot of variety in terms of the quality of the CBD products available. There are so many. Mm-hmm. So what are some considerations that people should undertake when selecting a brand of CBD? Well, it's very important that your CBD company is transparent with their certificate of analysis, the COAs, and also with third-party testing, especially when you're dealing with hemp, because the hemp plant, the cannabis plant, marijuana plants, soak up a lot of heavy metals, either from their water sources or from their soil. So you need to make sure that every batch is tested for heavy metals because there's significant concern that your batch could concentrate heavy metals. And then that's 
a problem for you. So make sure that your batch has been appropriately tested for heavy metals and make sure that they get they are able to provide you a COA. My favorite companies have, you know, a QR code right on the packaging and you can just flip the package over and scan the QR code, check the dates, check the batch and you're good to go. Yeah, that's ideal. I know that there are a lot of companies that don't offer that information readily. So it's something that you might have to ask a company to bring forth. Do you find that most companies are pretty forthcoming with that information? Well, I find that they either are or they're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think the best thing to do is, you know, work with somebody who choose a product from somebody that you can trust and from somebody who's going to do that review for you and can provide you with high quality products that they feel confident about uh, buying it from the drugstore or from, or not necessarily the drugstore, but buying it from the gas station or a flea market just doesn't seem to me to be the wisest thing to do with really anything that you're putting your body. I don't think that there's much of anything that's edible at a gas station. At a gas station, right? Except for maybe the peanuts. The peanuts might be edible. (laughs) And the V8. I always go for V8 at a gas station. Oh, a V8's a great idea. (laughs) I go through V8 for a period of my life and then I stop using it and then I forget about it and then I I bring it back in. But now you've just reminded me how delicious that is. I'm going to remember that. Right. The old fashioned (laughs) one though, not the newfangled ones. They have a lot of more fruit juices and sugar, but the old original V8. It was just gorgeous tomato juice, like really just like a, like a really jazzy tomato juice. Oh yeah. I forgot how good that was. I love tomatoes though. So yes, when we come back more with Dr. Mary Clifton, we're going to talk about the use of endocannabinoids with sexual health. I saw that there's a study saying that it improves orgasm. So I wanted to talk about that and we'll be right back. Hey, have you been feeling anxious about the current climate and new risks to your health and wondering if your overall level of health is good enough to support you if you were to get sick? You are not alone. Now more than ever, your health has got to be brilliant, support you and shine. It's time to stop procrastinating on getting the evaluation, knowledge, tools, and support that you know you need to address the roots of what's going wrong with your health, keeping you tired, overweight, lacking in stamina, and on prescription medications. That is just not good enough anymore. New threats mean you've got to develop a better defense, and I'm here to help. I personally invite you to schedule a complimentary phone consultation with me wherever you live to discuss your personal health concerns and how a comprehensive holistic root cause approach can help you not only alleviate the current symptoms you're having, but also boost your level of health resilience. It's all about resilience now. You can sign up on my website, kierandunstonmd.com, where there's additional information about supercharging your wellness during this important time in our history. 
Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Dr. Mary Clifton, and we're talking about CBD and THC and medical marijuana and really getting you up to speed on what it's good for, what it's not good for, who should use it, who shouldn't use it, and how to pick an appropriate brand. So we're also going to talk about some of the unique applications where these products have been shown to improve quality of life and decrease disease expression. So we were talking about picking a brand. And what about the issue of getting organic versus not organic? For me, organic is very important. And I do what I can to get organic food as much as I can. Mm -hmm. You know, recognizing that some GMO and some inorganic products are going to just make it into my diet. I'm going to do my best to avoid it. But it's important to me. But if it's not important to you, then it doesn't have to be something that you have to do. I think there's different things that are deal breakers for different people. And for me, I would like to have an organic product, especially with using it day after day. It's it's important to me, but I realize how complex and how expensive organic farming can be. So that's left up to an individual. It's really the heavy metals that you have to worry about. And you also have to worry that the product actually has in the bottle what it says it has on the label. There's a surprising number of times that a batch is tested and it and it's falling short of the amount of CBD that is listed on the label. So it's important that that batch testing also supports that you've got the product in there. You don't want to pay a premium price for a bottle of diluted CBD in an unhealthy oil. Yes, I think those are both important considerations. I would think that because there's, they're really extracting the oil and concentrating it, that it would be so vital to have organic because you're going to get a lot of pesticides and herbicides in that if you don't. So I'm, I'm always preaching get organic. So if you're one of my regular listeners, you definitely want to get organic. And then in terms of the laboratory processing, the solvents that they use, the evaporation methods, can't that add some contamination to the product? Oh, yeah. It's important that you know who you're working with and that you make sure that you're comfortable with their distillation process because you don't want any residue left over from the distillation. Mm -hmm. And there may be some superiority to different distillations mechanisms, but I think as long as you have a legitimate company that is really trying to, with high integrity, provide a high quality product, you can trust most different distillation mechanisms. Great. And then this study that I saw that I I loved was, do you want to talk about, I think there was a hundred percent of participants said that there was a significant increase in, and it was women in their sexual function and orgasm. Yeah, I have a whole series on sexuality that we can share with your listeners if they're interested, but where I've interviewed other people and we have a really great yes, no, maybe consent form for when you're just developing a sexual relationship with a partner or working on a a more development. But yeah, there's all kinds of data around intimacy. There's definite improvements in the quality of the orgasm and, and women report a higher level of satisfaction with their sexual experiences. And there's one study that I really loved was surrounding couples where if they smoked, they reported a higher level of intimate experiences and not just sex, but like the communication was better. The way that they worked together was different in the four hours after the experience that occurred even when only one partner smoked. So it ended up 
being beneficial if anybody ingested cannabinoids <laughs> to the uh, level of intimacy with the couple. I love that. That's such a great thing that we have the capacity to improve intimacy for people, you know? Yes, it is. And is that only for compounds that have THC or is it for if you just use the CBD alone? I think that that study was looking at THC containing compounds, but a lot of times these studies are really, it's surprising that they don't do a better job of giving people certain products so that they can say, we gave a hundred people gelato to work on their chronic pain, or we, we gave them, I mean, as a strain or a Girl Scout cookie or Medicine Man or Kosher Kush, and then we watch them, you know, so a lot of times they're just offering products and then people are making a selection, it appears at least, or they're gathering data from people who are using whatever product they like. But I've heard of a couple of strains that are really effective for people with their sexual health. I haven't heard of a strain that has been particularly ineffective, though, you know, where people have said they would never use that strain again in that setting. Okay. So, but just to be clear for everyone listening, CBD has not necessarily been shown to increase intimacy, but it's been the THC and people actually smoking the marijuana. Is that correct? Or using it in a tincture or an edible, yeah, some type of administration. You know, the administration pathways are always a little sketchy in these studies too, or not always, but often people are given the option of taking an edible or a cigarette or so then you end up with a lot of different mechanisms of administration which is fine it just but it just sort of clouds the data you know because we can't say that we gave people this certain particular product and got this certain particular outcome i think more of those studies are coming so in terms of medicinal use is that Marijuana is something someone could get a prescription for if they're having, say, hypoactive sexual desire disorder in women. Can they get a prescription or no? Well, that's interesting. I mean, I suppose you in the future, potentially right now, the medical cannabis cards are really limited in most states to, you know, cancer diagnoses, HIV, intractable pain or people who uh, sometimes with PTSD, but often I'll get somebody with who's requesting a medical card because I do the medical cards in New York and Vermont and Iowa telemedically. So I don't have to do an in, at like a, a in-person visit. We can handle it over the phone. So I'll do those cards, but then unfortunately they're calling with a uh, with something that just doesn't get covered under the current guidelines and laws. I mean, even in Iowa, PTSD has been approved by the legislature, but it still hasn't shown up on my documents to where I can use that as a diagnosis. So everything takes time, just like it's legal in Michigan. But if you go to Michigan, you'll have a hard time finding a dispensary, you know, because when they went legal, they actually enforced a seed to sale where every product is under camera, you know, where you can see it right from the time it goes in the soil until it lands on the shelf which is a very, very high level of security required being placed on these growers. And it shut down a lot of dispensaries because a lot of people just can't meet that seed to sale requirement. Yeah, that's interesting. But maybe the requirements will lessen the regulations as time goes on 
and it'll become more accessible to a larger variety of people. The nice thing is that I find that most women with HSDD usually have comorbidities. So you can, they usually mm-hmm. have some anxiety or some other issues going on, some type of chronic pain that could cover that. And then what about its use yeah. in men? Is it useful with erectile dysfunction in men? There aren't any direct studies, but it would seem logical that both for premature ejaculation and erectile dysfunction, it would be valuable if there is an anxiety component, if there's any psychological overlay to those to those experiences. And I think there, in many cases, there is some psychological overlay and a potential indication to use something that would help. Like you say, you know, many women with HSDD or men with a sexual disorder or many of the patients that call me don't call me because they have insomnia. You know, they have insomnia, but then they have pain that contributes to their insomnia or they start to think and they can't get out of it and that's what keeps them awake. So it's oftentimes a combination of two or three things that leads to a consultation. And it's nice that the side effects of this medication work on all of those different things that people are dealing with. Yes. And I did want to ask you about using these products for insomnia. Is it like some of the medications, the pharmacologics that actually disrupt the sleep cycles and the brainwave patterns so that the sleep is not as restorative or are the brainwave patterns restorative? I think you have good preservation of the theta waves and the restorative sleep patterns. You know, the we don't have, you know, huge studies, but the early indications are that the sleep is restorative and that people get a nice result from using them, not just in increasing sleep duration, but also having this increased level of sleep be restorative. My favorite sleep study is out of Canada on 100 people who had severe PTSD. PTSD, and they started them on cannabinoid formulations and were able to, these poor people were sleeping five hours a night and having five nightmares a week on average, which just sounds like the most horrible thing to experience month after month, year after year. And they used cannabinoids and were able to increase their sleep duration to seven hours per night and reduce their nightmare frequency down to just one per week. So you can imagine just a night and day difference in your entire life to be able to sleep like that. It is. And I know so many women who use alcohol to help them sleep, which disrupts brainwaves, restoration, and uh, I would so love for them to try CBD. I use it on occasion when I have trouble sleeping and it's beautiful. It works beautifully. It is. It's amazing to use when you have trouble sleeping and the alcohol, you know, disrupts the sleep and you wake up in the middle of the night, it's dehydrating. And on top of that, it's loaded with calories. I mean, gosh, just a glass of wine every night and you've got a couple extra pounds a month that you have to figure out how to deal with. And then I hate to see people take a healthy food calorie that's actually going to nourish your bones and, and help you to heal up and stay strong and be able to fight infections and, you know, replace it with wine. And then there's a lot of people I know who trade off a meal for their wine so that they don't gain weight. But then, 
you know, you have such empty calories and wine is, I mean, all of the alcohol, I shouldn't single out wine, but alcohol is such a profound oxidative stress to the body. So you really have to be loaded with antioxidants so that your body can manage that oxidative stress in the liver. And none of us eat that good, especially if we skip dinner. So it's uh, something that I think could be very smartly replaced with cannabinoid formulations and help people to get the same outcomes. Yeah, I think if you're listening, that would be your number one take action item. If you're using alcohol to sleep, switch it out for a CBD product and see how it works because the alcohol has so many issues like Dr. Mary's outlined. It's also a stress to your liver and your gastrointestinal tract. And it has more on the con side than on the pro side going for it. So if you're using it to sleep, this might be something to do. And Dr. Mary has so many videos and articles (laughs) on her website that I gave you in the introduction. I'm going to let her tell you about that website and all. She has a podcast. She's just a wealth of information. So if you've been wanting to know about CBD, medical marijuana, you definitely want to check out her website. So tell everyone how they can learn more. Well, Kieran, I have about a hundred videos now on my website, just detailing how to use these products in all kinds of disease states, how to pick a good product, how to titrate your administrative amount. And you can just check them out for free, 100% for free at cbdandcannabisinfo.com. And then we have, we're breaking out, I created a bunch of uh, really wonderful detailed presentations, like an hour on cancer and, you know, almost an hour on seizure, just detailing all of the data that's available right now. And those are going to launch very quickly to the community so that you can become I'm an expert on how to use this very powerful products, these formulations in your particular condition so that so that you have those available too. And and hopefully Dr. Dunstan and I will uh, will be announcing some other really great opportunities for us to interact and I can be more personalized in answering your questions. Yes, that would be fabulous. And, you know, there's so many questions that I want to ask you for everyone listening. And I always try to think, what would people want to know? But I think that it's very unique. And so as I'm asking questions, I'm thinking they really need to check out your website and maybe we do need to come up with something where they can get a more personalized one-on-one one Q&A. There are as many questions as there are people listening. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. so true. Right. But thank you so much for the wonderful information and for bringing this information to the public in such a generous way. I think that there's so much information out there and people don't really know what's truth and what's fact. And when they see someone like you, board certified physician, life who works all over the world with people, with physicians training them, who works with patients one-on-one, who is such a giver and just gives freely of this information. And it comes from such a beautiful place that it, it really speaks to them and it really ups the trust level. So they know that even though they could buy this at the gas station... <laughs> 
It's not <laughs> a good idea. And they need to go to Dr. Mary to get this information and that they can trust you. So thank you for, for doing the work that you do. Oh, thank you. And you too, all of your hard work at bringing, uh, bringing great information forward to your audience. It's uh, it, right. It's doctor. It's uh, to teach from the Latin word doctare, where uh, we have to be teachers. Yes, that is what we are here to do. And so we will keep doing it. Thank you so much for joining me, Dr. Mary. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media and send it to someone who would benefit from it. If you love the show and really want to support it, please go to iTunes, write a review and subscribe. This helps other women find us so that they too can heal and enjoy brilliant health. I've got a gift for you. If you take a screenshot of your review, post it on your social media and tag me, I'll send you a special surprise right to your inbox. Thank you so much for joining me. And remember, healing and getting optimally healthy isn't magic, it's science.